Habits Podcast. My name is Wyatt Christman. I'll be your host. We're looking at creative habits. Is it the aha moment or is it the habit? This week, we get to talk to Michael Adams, co-founder of Gradio, also owner of Green Mountain Mustard. He comes to us live from Vermont. Uh, so my name is Michael Adams, and I am the co-founder of Gredio, which is a web application for small food companies. I also own a small food company. It's Green Mountain Mustard, and uh, we're available on over 100 retailers across New England, as well as uh, I am a personal blogger about uh, continuous improvement and startups and, and life in general. Um, at mcadams.com. Nice, nice. Now, uh, what what content have you been working on or, or produced recently? Uh, generally, blog posts for the personal blog, uh, as well as blogging for Gredio, which is a, a major lead generator for us. Uh, and I'm currently working on the ultimate guide to co-packing, um, as well as you know different longer longer ebooks uh, for the small food industry. Now with the co-packing ebook, are you going to put that on Amazon? I haven't decided. Uh, I probably will. Uh, it won't be too terribly long, kind of going for 25 to 30,000 words. Uh, I'm at about six and a half, I think. Uh, and uh, it'll probably go on Amazon, uh, but I'll send it out to my list, uh, my email list for free. Nice. Nice. So uh, if, if someone wanted to get in on that email list, all they have to do is... Yep, they can just go to gredio.com, uh, and it's on. there's an email sign-up on our blog. Right there. Okay. Yep. Okay, cool. Now, y- you had another book in the works, uh, as I recall, but... <laughs> I did have another book in the works. <laughs> uh, that one is uh, currently on hold. On hold, okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Now, y- you've got all these fires going now obviously you know time can really keep you actively producing but what what are some other like motivations that keep you keep you going throughout all that Uh, for me it's doing something creative every single day Uh, whether that's you know designing a new label for my mustard company or you know writing out a really convincing sales page for gredio I have to think through a problem creatively every day or I'll get bored. Uh, so I make sure when I'm scheduling my to-dos for every day or for the week, I typically plan by week, uh, I make sure to schedule in something creative so that it, I can you know, take a break and, and solve a problem, sketch something out, you know, do something with my hands rather than you know just think of, wow, I've got all this stuff to do. It's really taking a break, a solid hour and problem solving which is uh the fun part for me yeah is that like one of those quick wins where you can knock something out yeah absolutely yeah. it's uh it's definitely a quick win um 80 of the time it's typically opening up photoshop uh that's kind of my my re-energizing uh thing i do it usually two or three times a day nice yeah and and then so if Photoshop comes into play with that, and then you you write a, a lot of blog posts. Uh, what 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 kind of habits do you kind of hang your 
uh, process around? Like, um, do you do it at certain times? Do you do do uh, Pomodoro or, or something like that? Or how, how do you work that? I have typically found that uh, blog post right now takes me about an hour and a half, and that includes, uh, you know, kind of first pass of editing. Um, I write best in the morning. So typically when I, uh, when I wake up, I have been going to the gym at five in the morning, but what I found is that I'd rather get an extra hour of sleep to write for a little bit in the morning and then go to the gym mid morning for a break. Um, so I try and chunk it out in, in an hour and a half and I almost always write with an outline. And I know that, you know, my former boss, uh, he, he made sure I wrote an outline. I always wrote them off. I said, you know, I just, I just write. And uh, what I found is, A, you write faster with an outline. Your thoughts are clearer. You definitely know, uh, you know, how to, how to connect the dots so you can read back and say, all right, you know, my outline is, you know, missing something between point A and point C. So you got to make a point B. Whereas if you're just writing on a whim, it's going to take you a lot longer. Your thoughts are going to be jarbled. And then ultimately what you're putting out is, is less than worthy, shareable content. So, and so that's become part of your beast mode, so to speak, your, your output where you just uh, do things, uh, a bunch of blog posts all at once. You, you have incorporated the, the outlines in that. Yep. So I incorporate the outlines in that. Uh, I usually alternate days on whether I'm writing for uh, Gradio in terms of a blog post or you know blogging personally. You know that's Tuesdays and Thursdays. I publish content, um, and sometimes that's written at at night. Uh, and then the the outlines. Uh, you know if I get a, if I get an idea and it's you know Tuesday night at eleven thirty at night, which you'll probably never see me open my eyes then. Um, you know, I'll hop into WordPress, create a draft, and then write the the blog post the next morning. Huh. So you have your start when when you sit down to do stuff in the morning. You already have your start. Uh, you don't have to think of anything. You just plug in and go. For, for the most part, yeah. I mean, if I can get out like an eighty percent outline, you know, before I write, that's awesome. And I've done that before, and I've noticed that's really effective. If I hit like the fifty percent outline and I've got the you know, the intro sentence, the conclusion, and the three main points, that's easier too. Um, I think the other thing to point out is I don't always go for like super long content. Um, as long as I make my point in a thousand words, well, that's awesome. If I need to go further, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer, and, and usually some of those posts take take two to three hours. Do you do your research sort of or backup uh, material that you'll quote or link to during that time, or do you reserve that time just to write? Uh, that is typically just writing time. Yeah. Uh, if I found that I haven't supported a point, I'll go look for research. Uh, I typically don't write with research. Uh, a lot of my writing is based on personal experience, uh, especially personally blogging, uh, as well as you know, the small food blogger. Uh, and it's it's easy for me to just take what's in my brain and put it on paper. So, you know, I guess a, a tip to write, you know, quicker is write what you already know. 
and uh, and you'll spit a thousand words out in in thirty minutes. Um, you know, kind of go off the the whole Nathan Barry uh, you know inspiration of of writing a thousand words a day. Uh, and you know, back when I was working full time, I was writing three to four thousand words a day. In, you know, in in total. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's you know, it's kind of I haven't quite got the perfect system. Uh, but it's uh it's enough to at least press the accelerator when I have to. Right, right. So most of your ideas and material it really comes from just hands-on experience, direct experience. Yep. You know, or it's something that uh, you know a user has asked about. Say, hey, can you can you write about this? Or they may email me separately, and I say, oh, that's a great idea for a blog post. You know, that just happened a couple of weeks ago. So I said, you know, hey Haley, I answered your question on my blog. Um, so it created. A blog post out of an email chain that was just one on one. Now it's one to many. Nice. I'll bet, I'll bet you get great feedback from that. I mean, people are probably you know uh, inspired by that. You know, you just take their question and boom, there's a blog post out of it. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. She was pumped. Yeah. <laughs> now this last part, I was uh, delving into the hero's journey. Are you familiar with the hero's journey at all, or? Not too much. Not, Not until you mentioned it to me earlier. Yeah, so the, so the hero's journey goes off of um, you know, Joseph Campbell, and he wrote he wrote the hero with the uh, a thousand faces. Um, I might get that title a little bit off, but the the one main book that I really get the most from is um, is when he had a conversation, um, uh, you, you know, and went into myth, and the hero's journey is basically um, uh, you, you know a when you look at any of the movies or anything, you have the hero and they're usually reluctant to go out there and, and do what they're supposed to, or, and they get called into, uh, their situation and go off to some other land, let's say, and bring back from, from their experience. They, you know, have some, uh, their journey and bring back from that journey tools that allow them to, um, you know, make them stronger and need them, enable them to solve, uh, problems that they hadn't been, able to solve before so the power of myth is the book that um that i really uh you know uh draw that from but uh but many movies draw this uh this hero's journey um so my question to you would be you know do you have your i i I figure in each life there's you know each of us has their own you know personal hero's journey even if you don't think of it as a hero so to speak there's a journey where you go out you might get scarred you go out into the to some other area some wild area and you bring back magic to your regular life it's uh it's it's a journey and and sometimes it can be a singular moment but uh it, it can also be an ongoing thing where you're pulled to those journeys in smaller aspects so i i put that to you and and saying you know kind of like what what has been in your experience your own uh you know journey or journeys that has really just driven you to do all that you're doing right now yeah uh you know the way the way that I look at it, I just saw a YouTube video that was uh, it was just a pile of jelly beans, and it was uh, you know the the number of days that the average U.S. person lives, and it went through you know you spend this many days eating and this many days exercising and this many days handling you know household chores and doing dishes, and what it came down to is I forget the number was you actually have 
something like nine thousand days to live, where where you are you can actually make your own decisions of what you want to do. That's nothing to do with how everyone else, you know, from the outside runs your life. Uh, and that was that was pretty inspiring for me. So you know, how are you going to live your nine thousand days? Uh, and I think for me, it started when I was fifteen years old. And uh, I couldn't get a job, and I wanted some money. I wanted to go to the movies with my friends, and uh, and my parents looked at me and they said, "Well, why don't you start a business?" And I said, "Well, well, what what, what am I going to do? I'm 15 years old. I you know, can't do anything." And uh, and they said, "Well, you know, you you bake. You like to bake." I said, "Okay." So I uh, took the trusted Betty Crocker cookbook. <laughs> cracked it open and uh and started making cookies and i'd sell them in uh in downtown richmond vermont right in front of the hair salon on saturday mornings for a couple hours uh and i and i'd make a couple hundred bucks uh every every month and uh you know thankful to my parents for supporting the raw material purchases and whatnot uh but that's that's what kind of got me started on the the food business aspect uh and I, you know, kind of evolved to trying to solve solve problems, but at the same time, keeping it fun. So, one one mistake, you know, I had with uh, an energy bar company that I started when I was seventeen was I I grew too fast, and I think in in the you know four years that I owned it, it wasn't getting fun. It was just getting you know you run a business. Uh, so I think if there's, you know, these little steps, it's always keeping the, uh, make sure that I'm doing something fun and how, how do I infuse the fun back into anything? So I could, you know, I could never wear a a suit every single day and, uh, I I just, I I can't, uh, you know, it's nice to get dressed up every once in a while, whatever, but, uh, I think it's it's key to infuse fun into anything, and that goes for your your brand, what you do in life. You know, everyone kind of slogs in on on Monday mornings. You know, take this morning for example, uh, and said, "Yo, how many cups of coffee do you need to get going on your Monday?" <laughs> I never want to say that in my life. I don't even drink coffee. Yeah, uh, but I, I I don't want that mentality to cloud. You know my creation of something awesome and you know what what i'm creating is is yes i've got a couple of companies but you know i'm creating you know me like what what do you want to be known for um and i'm kind of at that point in in my career of i want to be known for more than my companies you know because people kind of label entrepreneurs as entrepreneur you know it's just like a giant piece of duct tape across your shirt or something um, but it's so much more than just, you know, looking over a, a profit and loss statement or hiring team members, you know, we're all human beings. What impact can we make? And I think we're always on that journey, uh, for as long as, as long as we live. I don't think you ever get to the end. Right. Until the actual end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Until, until the actual <laughs> until end. Until you're dead. Yes. Right. So what, that's kind of interesting that you, you you say you know you you want to be known for more than 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 just your company. So when you say that, how do you want to be known, or what what kind of um, 
you know, w- what makes you, or or is it just that you're stating you you want people to look beyond the companies that you own and see you and, and then the company's there, but it, it's not just your Green Mountain mustard, or you know, uh, is is that what you mean, or is there is there something you want to be known for? Yeah, I mean. I- currently it's like oh you're the you're the mustard man yeah uh, you know that's that's my most well-known company is my mustard company at least locally here and um i you know i was talking to uh my my life or business coach whatever you want to call her and i said you know i have been given so much and i'm just starting to realize how much i have and how do I turn that around and start giving it to people? Huh. I don't have any. I, I don't have a lot of money, but I've got knowledge. You know, I've got. You know, I c- could hang out with somebody from the Boys and Girls Club and and make an impact on somebody who may not have a father figure in their life, or you know, is having challenging problems at home. You know, I want to be known for making an impact on other people's lives. And whether I do that through mustard or through software, whatever it may be, you know, it's kind of like that ultimate goal of how can you put a smile on somebody's face? Because I, I, I watched, of all things, you're going to appreciate this. <laughs> of all things, I was watching an undercover boss show on, on CBS. And it was, uh, I think they were going into like some oil mine or, or something in, in rural, you know, Western U.S. somewhere. And this woman had been dealt a horrible uh, set of cards. And she turned to the the CEO of the company and said, you can always give somebody a smile. And that has stuck with me since that moment on the couch. (laughs) And I think if more, if more people understood that, you know, and didn't get frustrated at, you know, the long line at the post office or the fact that some check bounce at the bank or, you know, your friend Jenny, you know, is is dating your best friend or whatever, whatever it may be, you know, is is it worth those nine thousand days to spend part of it getting upset at somebody? It isn't. So you know, how can you flip that around, be positive about it, and give somebody more smiles? Because not everybody smiles all the time. But if you could be that person to create a smile in somebody. I think that's an impact that goes far beyond the fact that I own three companies. Nice. Nice. Well put. So it's, it's when you had said that fun, you didn't just mean for you, you meant fun for everybody around you that is involved with that as well. So making that impact and that smile for everyone, not just for you. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, you know, when I go to the farmer's market and and sell mustard, it's, you know, everyone who runs up to me and said like, this mustard is awesome. I have six jars in my fridge. I just had it on grilled cheese. It's incredible. And, you know, they're smiling. They're emitting this, this just awesome positive energy that, you know, we created from a product in a glass jar. Huh. And I think that's just really awesome. How can we capture that? How can we, you know, when we ship mustard to California, when they just opened the cardboard box, how do we make that experience so fun? that people smile because it's a glass jar and it's got a yellow substance in it. Right. You know, how do you apply that same concept to your entire life? And that's, that's what I'm really trying to do. And that, you know, kind of breaks into the whole 
you know, work-life balance and, and making an impact. It's not, it's not all work. And, you know, it's, it's time to not, not be selfish. I mean, yes, there are times to be selfish and, you know, take control of your own life before you try and help others. But, uh, too many, too many people go through their lives not helping anybody. Um, and one, one of the lessons, you know, my dad has always tried to ingrain into all three of us kids is you never let anybody struggle, regardless of, you know, color of their skin, religion, what they're doing. So I, I joke with him. I just walked into Costco the other day and I said, Dad, I just helped lift my fourth TV into somebody's SUV in the Costco parking lot. <laughs> because 20 people walked by not helping oh. this poor old man lift his 65-inch TV into the back <laughs> of his SUV. And I, all you got to say is, excuse me, would you like some help? And they look up at you and you just see that, that smile in their face of relief that somebody is lending a hand you know, for no money just, just to not let somebody else struggle. And if you apply that to your life, you won't struggle a day in your life. And all of that, yeah, and and the helping this inspires you as well. I mean, when you indirectly so, when you help that person or when you create that smile, when you go to create something, you have that energy that is put into your creative moment. So it it uh, it feeds back into your life as well so yeah nice yeah i mean i think it i think it gives back this you know real life authenticity and i think it, uh it, you know any of the last couple of minutes that we've talked helps me reflect personally uh and i put those thoughts on on my personal blog um so that's where that really helps but it also might teach me uh, a story of you know how can how can it apply to my software startup you know, like uh, I remember one post I wrote about how uh, somebody lent a hand to help a woman at a gas station completely clean her windshield with the little squeegee thing. And, you know, that just led to some thought of user experience in my application. Uh, so it's just the little, the little things in life and how they apply to any, any part of your life, whether it be your business or your, your personal life or work for that matter. Right, right. Nice. Well, great. Um, so it it's it's all uh, it's all in there with throughout the day and, and each time you interact with someone or um, you know it, it all feeds feeds into everything else that you do. Yeah. Oh yeah, it it has to. Yeah. Cool. I mean, a lot of it is just it, it comes down to focus and, and time management. And I, you know, I just had somebody on Friday at lunch tell me that, uh, it's, uh, you know, don't even, don't even tell yourself that you work 80 hour work weeks. It's not called work if it's fun. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, and I, I that, that's the one thing I struggle with is there, I haven't reached that point where, um, I can necessarily call everything I do uh, fun. So that the, the idea of and, and juggling kids in there and, and everything, the, the idea of an eighty-hour work week, I don't think I've ever gotten to that amount of time. And I and I and I and you you might have an, and or, or you do. And then I talk to other people who who do that much, and I'm like, how do you 
even I cannot even imagine because it it I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's it's a big difference when you know you've got uh, you know a wife and kids. Um, I I think if I had if I had a wife and kids, you know your your priorities change. Yeah. You know what what do you? There's an opportunity cost. You know I'm going to stop doing this project so I can go to my son's baseball game. Right. Or, or right. you know, and you know what? I I 100% support stopping projects if it means spending more time with your family. Well, and that's the the, the problem. There's this tension because it's like, okay, well, I could do this, or I could go swimming with my kid. And so you're like, right. oh, geez. And when do you make the choice to say, okay, uh, you know, let's finish this and then we'll do that. When do you, you know, like it, it, it's not always clear cut to say, I'm going to be done at this time and then I'll do this. It's like sometimes you have to take those moments if you can have that flexibility uh, to do stuff with your kids, but then also take those moments the other direction. And it, it, when you have those time shifts, with your own business or uh, if you're able to do contract work or whatever, those time shifts, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic to juggle them all effectively. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, and, and I have the luxury of having a little bit more of a flexible schedule now. Um, but, you know, I, I always think about it. I wrote, I wrote a blog post about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, it, if I didn't have my mom help me run my company, it would crash and burn. Huh. Yeah. I, I mean, I, across, you know, I just listed all the things that I do at the beginning of this thing. And uh, I, I do a lot. But, yeah, I have this, this support network. Uh, you know, it just happens to be my family that helps me run my mustard company. Uh, but, you know, the other thing that kind of comes to mind is, you know, you've got all this stuff to do. What, what can you outsource? So, so for me, the the biggest uh, hiccup of time is is data entry and research and lead generation. So I just hired a guy on Odesk in Egypt for twenty cents an hour, and and I sent him the websites. I said, crawl all these, find me all the small food companies, and put them in a Google Doc. And he's already given me 300 leads. Nice. And I don't even have to worry about it. Right. And you're, and I, yeah. And it supports him too. You know? Yeah. I could, I could have this guy work full time for me for less than $500 a month. Right. Which, you know, is kind of like a, well, why aren't you making that a, uh, American job? Well, right now, I mean, I, I need to get my business off the ground to hire American people. But um, it's also a global economy and it's a tough line yeah. between, you know, outsourcing when you're this huge company and like you're saying, you're smaller and getting started and you're, you're still supporting people, you know, and it's just on the other side of the world. But when you get, you know, the larger companies in outsourcing where they have a little more, um, I don't know, it's a choice. I don't know. There's just so many PC things that go on there, but, right. but yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, being able to do that, huh? Odesk, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's that's one way of of looking at it. So like, I just uh, I just interviewed and hired a marketing intern this morning for Gredio. Nice. And uh, and I, you know, she's she's going to be awesome. Uh, 
And it's like, what, what can I have her do that keeps her interested? Um, and you know, like not, not pushing paper, uh, but that'll help me move, move the company forward. So I basically said, I said, Hey, you're going to come into the office, look at this giant cork board. There's going to be 50 things on it. And you know what? All I want you to do is pick one and, and go do it. Don't even tell me which one you're picking. <laughs> just, just go do it. Um, and I, I think that's, that's awesome too. And that it kind of goes back to, you know, the whole journey thing is, you know, bringing on a team of interns or working with other people gives you the chance to impact their life. You just have to be careful that you're making a positive impact on their life and not a negative impact. Right. And that original vision, it's interesting. I wanted to mention that you said something about your mom because, you know, Rand Fishkin of, of Moz he, yep. he started w- with his mom, uh, you know, helped him out and start the whole thing and keep that going in the first part. So I think that it's, it's, uh, it's interesting how that works. The, the network, your family uh, support that you get. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's works great. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the other thing. It's like the, the, you gotta, you gotta build your network constantly. You know, I just sent a, a job lead to a friend of mine and uh, and he said, "Well, how'd you find this?" And all I, all I replied with, "I know people who know things." <laughs> and uh, and it's you know it's true. There's you know, there's a lot of people who who you know, kind of don't go out there and and meet people. You know, I think if you're especially trying to build something or or get a job or you know make make a big shift, you've got to go meet people. Uh, and and just see see what they're all about because you never know well which person's gonna gonna open the door. So you know somebody who signed up for Gredio a couple of weeks ago, you know they were one of the original founders of Annie's Homegrown. Well, I had no idea. I mean, he has an incredible amount of experience, and you know he talked to me on the phone for thirty minutes. Uh, so you, you never know what what doors could open. That concludes our podcast here with Great Habits. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned next week when uh, we get a chance to talk to Anthony and Laura Lombardi. And after that, a surprise guest. Stay tuned.